Hi, this is Anne Angelo Webb, the Animal Intuitive. Thank you so much for listening. I just want to mention as a reminder, if you're new here too, that this show is first recorded on YouTube um, as a video, and that's usually about a week or two before you hear the episode. If for some reason you'd like to view it, you can go to the Animal Intuitive channel on YouTube and also look for Anne Angela Webb. Um, my website is intuitivetouchanimalcare.com, and the episodes are on there too, as, long, as well as all information for contacting me and my private consultation information. So elephants are not human beings with constitutional rights, according to a New York State Court of Appeals uh, ruling on Tuesday. So let's talk about this decision, and we're going to also talk about what I got when I did some animal communication to find out what the elephants thought about this. Hi there, I'm Ann Angela Webb, the Animal Intuitive, and if you did have a little problem uh, viewing this, we are here now. I was actually recording to some private like stream, so whatever. So I'm here now. Um, so thank you, anyone who is waiting. I do see some people were there, so thank you for for hanging out and waiting. So, um, as I mentioned, this is, um, I'm Ann Angela Webb, the Animal Intuitive, and this is the Animal Intuitive Show, and this is a show, a channel, where we talk about animal communication, which is the ability to understand what animals are thinking and feeling. I am a professional animal communicator. I do uh, sessions privately with people, and I do this show weekly to bring attention to the fact that we can help animals have a voice through animal communication. I also teach animal communication, and there's lots of videos on this channel that you can go check out if you want. So um, we also do interviews and uh, just talk about animal welfare advocacy and, and wellness. So thank you anyone who's watching, everyone who's watching. And so I was referring to Happy, uh, who's an elephant at the Bronx Zoo. Now the Bronx Zoo is um, <coughs> a zoo that's not, excuse me, too far from here. I'm in New Jersey and it's in New York State, but I used to live in the Bronx and I, a while back, a long time ago, and I would go to the Bronx Zoo sometimes. And it is quite a zoo. It's a very large one. I think it's rated top 10, one of the top 10 zoos in the country. Um, you know, but not everyone agrees with that. So there's a animal advocacy group that's called the Non-Human Rights Project. And they wanted to have um, Happy declared to be basically a human, a person with personhood and to have rights. And the reason for that is that they felt that Happy was not happy or is not happy where she is at the Bronx Zoo. So to kind of sum it up, Happy's in a one acre enclosure. I, that's the last information I saw. It was one acre. Um, she has one other elephant on the other side of a some kind of like gate or something that they can't physically get totally near each other, but they can, I think, touch snouts or, um, what is that called? I can't think of the word, you know, the thing. <laughs> anyway, um, they can do that and they can hear each other and they can see each other. And that's Patty, who's another elephant at the Bronx Zoo. I'm not sure why they're not advocating so much for Patty. I don't know why. Um, it's about happy, but Anyway, um, Happy had some friends. It's been a rough road for Happy. Happy has been there since, I think, 77. Um, she's a 50-year-old elephant. She was brought from Asia. Um, there's a lot of issues there. If you're you know, not aware, I was 
kind of catching up myself with that. There's many, many problems for elephants there. Um, it's not, there's um, probably no real chance of survival if she was to go back. They wouldn't do that. But the advocacy group would like Happy to be transferred to um, not a zoo, but um, like a, a, you know, I'm forgetting the word, but like a, a preservation, you know, preserve kind of a situation in the United States, probably. But um, they disagree with her being at the zoo partly because we have harsh winters here and that she would be, I guess she's in like a enclosure, metal maybe, some kind of enclosure. Um, which really, you know, obviously doesn't go along with what her um, instincts are and who she is as a elephant. Um, so this is Happy. Let me just show you who she is first. Let me let you get familiar. Here's a picture. Okay. So this is from Politico.com news online. All right, so there she is, poor girl. And so, you know, I'm not gonna go through obviously the whole article, um, just sit here and read it to you, but basically um, she's had a lot of companions die and this advocacy group wanted her to be moved and the judge, Chief Judge Janet DeFiore wrote in the majority five to two decisions. So there were two people that um, felt that she should have these, have this um, right um, to be declared basically a human in legally. Um, but Chief Judge Janet DeFiore wrote, nothing in our precedent or in fact that of any other state or federal court provides support for the notion that the writ of habeas corpus is or should be applicable to non-human animals. So um, habeas cor corpus, if you don't know in Latin, I'm reading this not out of my head, but um, Latin for produce the body. So basically she's, you know, they're trying to make her be a person. So um, bodily liberty, the right to bodily liberty and personhood, legal personhood. So, um, this is, you know, something that this group has tried before. They tried it with chimps, apparently, and it didn't happen with them either a few years back. Um, you know, she does make a point. Judge, judge The judge says um, she argued the decision in favor. The chief judge also argued that a decision in favor of Happy would have an enormous destabilizing impact on modern society. Um, indeed, followed to its logical conclusion. Sorry about this big ad here. Oh, don't click the ad. Um, followed to its logical conclusion, such a determination will call into question the very premise underlying pet ownership, the use of service animals, and the enlistment of animals in other forms of work. So it really does open a big can of worms to to have given her these this title of a person or human. So with constitutional rights. So it's very interesting. It's an interesting way that they wanted to go about getting her moved. Um, I did um, have a little bit of a few quotes here from the non-human rights project uh, this is Stephen wise who says what we're saying is that she has a right to bodily liberty and that makes and that 
that makes her no longer a thing, Stephen Wise, president of the Non-Human Rights Project, said in an interview. She's a person. So I did actually invite that group on the show, but I reached out to them not too long ago, so we really didn't even have a chance to reach them, unfortunately. This just came down, I think, Tuesday it was, so yeah, it's been kind of a quick thing. Um, I changed my topic for the show because I thought this was important, wanted to talk about it. And I would love to hear your thoughts if you're watching. Um, you know, I, I definitely think there should be better treatment of animals and better laws for better treatment of animals. Um, but, you know, there was even a, there's a well-known um, professor at Rutgers University here in New Jersey who was quoted somewhere here that I cannot find. I had it uh, and I don't see it now. Um, but he was saying, you know, this may not, he's a vegan, him, vegan, you know, he's saying that he's, you know, big animal rights advocate. He teaches this, this stuff in, at Rutgers. Um, but he says, you know, he's not really sure that this is the way to go about it. So one of the reasons that they, one of the things they were relying on to say that, that Happy had this personhood was that she has self-awareness because she did some test many years ago. I think it was in 2008. Um, that uh, somebody developed, uh, Gordon, that's not it, yes, Gordon G. Gallup codified what he became known as the mirror test. So he started this with monkeys and then went on to other animals, including Happy was part of this test. And Happy was able to um, touch with, I guess, her trunk, not snout. <laughs> I think it was her trunk. She was able to um, touch a white X on a mirror. And somehow the way the test is set up, that, that showed that she recognized that that was her, her in the mirror. So from that, they were concluding that she had self-awareness and that would be linked to complex concepts like empathy. And obviously this is from the Washington Post, you can see. Um, and if an animal couldn't pass the test, then it supposedly meant they're not self-aware. So this um, Professor Plotnik who worked on Happy's mirror test took a more diplomatic approach and said more than likely self-awareness exists on a continuum with varying levels of animal understanding. What's more for some species the mirror test is simply a bad exam particularly for those that rely less on visual senses unlike humans or magpies. They did do another test um, that actually led to the conclusion that they did have a level of self-awareness. They went to, these scientists went to Thailand and they posed this problem to the elephants or pachyderms as they're known, um, where there was a mat, and I'm gonna play it for you. The elephant would start out on the mat, standing on it, and then they would have a rope. And when they started to pull, see that. So they start to oh, pull the map, but then they step off the map because here I'll back it up. You can see that. Sorry, I keep going that far enough. There you go. Okay, so elephant gets on the mat, picks up the rope, tries to pull it, can't pull it. So he gets off the mat because he realizes, or she, that this is um, preventing him from pulling the mat. So 
this is a considered a complex intelligent te intelligence test that I guess they actually originally did on young children. All right, that's probably enough of that. So, um, interesting stuff. And, you know, I wanted to look at this from the animal communication perspective, of course, because that's what we do here. So, there's an ethical issue in animal communication with communicating with any animal that is not your pet or animal in your care. So obviously Happy is not in my care. I can't talk directly to Happy. But we can tune into the collective, we call it, in the, animal, the animal communication world of elephants. I did a show on this before. Um, it's, it's an episode I'll put somewhere either here above or at the end. Um, up there or at the end, I'll remember to put it. Sometimes I just don't want to go back and find where I said to do this. Um, but I'll have a link somewhere and you can watch that if you want to see the whole sort of discussion I give or I guess instruction that I give about how we would do that, how we would talk to the collective of a wild animal. So um, when I tuned into this collective of this sort of elephant energy, and propose this issue of what about elephants in confinement and i specifically did show the image of um happy and the i provided information about what was going on that there was a there was a kind of a human debate about where happy should be and the first thing that popped right up for me was respect that was this word clearly came up respect. So then you go further into that. Well, what do you mean? What does that mean to you in this situation? So basically it was coming back to what we talk about on the show. What does happy feel? You know, how does she feel about the situation? So you have all these humans kind of running around trying to figure out what's the best thing for her. And they're looking at the, it through the human lens, the human perspective. Well, of course, she doesn't want to be in this one acre place in, in the Bronx. <laughs> um, and she wants to be amongst her own, you know, she wants to not just be there with this other one elephant. I'm still wondering what the deal is with Patty, why it was okay for Patty to stay there. I don't, I don't know if it was going to extend to Patty. I don't know. Um, but what I felt from that was that, you know, one of their points was that the, the Bronx Zoo's point was that she is bonded to the caretakers there, that she is happy. Um, and the judge said that, and I forget exactly what she said, but basically she was finding that they were taking good care of her. They, you know, she didn't have concerns about her well-being there. Um, so, you know, my feeling about that was, okay, well, so she is maybe connected to, and, and I couldn't kind of help but pick up some energy from her particular situation just by looking at the picture and being so, like, involved in this and doing this communication with the collective. I did pick up a little bit from her. Um, I'm going to say through them. So, uh, you know, I'm not violating any, I really wasn't violating any ethics. It was just sort of an energy, um, through doing this, but the feeling that I got was 
like acceptance and kind of um um not exactly loving the situation but the energy around it was like very kind of basic like i'm taken care of i do have relationships with people um i do believe that but then the problem for me is well what happens when these people leave are they going to be there until i don't actually know how long an elephant lives but you know are these people that she's formed relationships with and that are her caretakers are they going to be there um for her whole life are they going to leave and then you know she's not going to have those those important um relationships in her life anymore so that was part of it um and it was really you know i think you know the bottom line of it was that we need to really be starting to, to as much as we can because this has really gone on a long you know we're here we are in 2022 we're still explaining to people what animal communication is and trying to get the word out there what it is and i definitely know that it's there's people who come to this channel who haven't heard of it ever before and i'm so grateful that you're here i know the animals are so happy that you're here um happy <laughs> but we need to get the word out more and that's what the animals perspective is like we we want to be heard fully we don't just want people making decisions based on what the human perspective is so they want to have their opinions and their perspectives heard and i really doubt that in this situation that anybody asked happy who was you know i'm sure they maybe they did I, but it didn't matter in court anyway what happy's opinion was and i doubt they had an animal communicator do that um you know so and would that be taken into consideration anyway i have my doubts <laughs> um because unfortunately this field is not an exact science um although neither is psychology and that's taken into account in court in a court of law but i'm also a licensed clinical social worker so um that comes up on the show sometimes but so we really want the animals really want to educate people that animals should have a voice and it, you know we really need to really be trying to understand their thoughts and feelings about things and take that into consideration so and by the way i really appreciate you you all i see the likes people giving me thumbs up and that's really very helpful to the show i do appreciate it and I would love to know what people's thoughts are about this. Um, you know, what is your opinion? Do you think she should have been given that title of personhood? Do you think they should have gone about it another way? Do you feel as though um, we do need to start taking into account what animals' thoughts and feelings are? I know it's a stretch, but in some of these cases, in these situations, um, it's definitely it's it's a challenge because how you prove that you know um it gets it gets tricky but i think we do need to be doing that and i feel like um it it is a difficult thing to have a, an elephant in a situation like this i i'm i do get the feeling that she is taken care of uh that people do care about her and that her um physical well-being is definitely being cared for um one of the images that kind of flashed up for me when i asked how you know 
I was doing that sort of thing with the collective and the energy. And then what was coming through to me was more specific about her, as I mentioned, without asking. And I saw an image of somebody who looked like they were sort of like a, a large animal vet or something along those lines or like a vet tech or something like that for elephants. And I got a good feeling, you know, it was a, a feeling of someone who cared and it was a feeling that they invest in her and they want to make sure that she's healthy. But there's also, of course, the psychological well-being and, um, you know, the, the Bronx is the Bronx. It's, <laughs> it is a zoo, but at the same time, you know, I didn't even stay there in the Bronx. is fine. It's got some great things going on there, it's, but it's um, concrete. There are, there are some places that are for people that aren't completely concrete either, but um, it can get very cold. It's definitely going to be snowing in the winter. Um, dark and gray, not hot, um, just not her natural environment. So I also wanted to um, just provide a little update. That's kind of it on that um, note. But my cat, Tierney, my, that's interesting. Tierney's my cat who passed three years ago. Um, we have this cat, Giovanna, right here, as you can see. Um, and she, in a previous episode, I talked about the fact that she wanted to go outside. So talking about giving animals a voice, listening to them, um, you know, and trying to make sure that we get their perspective on things and honor how they feel. Um, she really wanted to be outside and I couldn't, I really am not comfortable just letting her go. Um, and I, so I, I was out there like watching her and she kind of started to go in a direction I didn't think was good. Um, there's a wooded area near here. There's dogs and things right, right here. So, um, neighbors. So I really just didn't want her loose. So I, we talked about a compromise, which was her wearing a leash and, um, she did in fact do the leash thing. And I think, you know, it's going pretty well. Um, I was actually meant to play you this video. I know that everyone's just been dying to know how this went. Yeah, unfortunately, I forgot to upload it. I thought I had, but um, it's going really well. So I, I promised an update on that for those that were just dying to know what happened with Giovanna and the leash. Um, it's going really well. So maybe I'll post like a community post or something like that. So. Anybody who's here that, um, you know, has ideas for future shows, I do have a couple guests coming up in the next few weeks, so I'm really excited about them. I think that's, they're very much in line with what the show is about, what people are interested in. Um, so let me know though for future episodes, if you have ideas and as always, I do tag on to this, that, you know, any show I have some kind of a topic, if I don't know that somebody wants me to talk to their pet live, I'll do a topic. Um, but if I do know people want me to talk to their pets, then we do that. And you can put that in the comments. You can, um, send me a very brief email before the next show. So it wouldn't be next week or the week after, but, you know, keep an eye out when I'm going to be doing that live. You can send an email and just say, you know, here's a picture of my pet, um, or I'm going to be live on video, which is what I prefer for the show. And, um, that's it. I don't want any background information. I like to keep it very clean. 
um, but just it helps me to know if there's going to be people who want me to talk to their animal on the show. It's actually, you know, means sometimes, you know, that I don't have to do one of these, like, educational things. You know, sometimes there's, it's easy to come up with topics, but sometimes it's not. So <laughs> it's nice to know. And it's a little less tiring for me to have to do both in one show. But um, if for some reason you just land here and you haven't done that prior to it, you can always just let me know in the chat. And I can um, put a link in the chat and I'll talk to your pet live here on the show. And we just, I, you know... I do stay away from things like missing pets, like trying to locate missing pets, because that takes a lot of energy. I bring up a map, you know, I'm really like, it's much more involved than I like to do on a show like this. Um, and then I also kind of try to stay away from the heavier duty medical intuitive work on a show like this, partly because of you. I want to make sure that you're, um, you know, these things can be difficult and I, I, I want to make sure that you're um, kind of protected. You're not on a live show when doing medical intuitive scanning and things like that. So um, that's it, you know, but otherwise you can ask anything about your pet on the show, you know, what, just what they're feeling, what they're thinking. You just want to kind of know why they're doing X, Y, and Z or what's going on with the new pet or should I get a new pet? What's, what do they think about that? Um, there's many different reasons to to do animal communication, to talk to your animal. Um, you're going away, you want to let them know, things like that. So as mentioned, I also have a link in the description, and there is a link to my website for the first page of my website, which has um, a free downloadable um, guided meditation for animal communication. That's on, you just go to the, the link and scroll down and you'll see it with the bottom of the page so i just want to thank everybody for being here and you know that's pretty much it thank you so much and have a wonderful evening i love a nice massage and a belly rub nothing makes me feel more relaxed Rub my belly, rub my belly, rub my belly, my belly, my belly. Rub my belly, rub my belly, rub my belly, my belly, my belly. I like my ears rubbed, I like my paws rubbed. Rub my belly, rub my belly.
Billy, rub my back. 